word for you tonight that I hope is going to help you practically. You know, whenever I hear someone say, you need to get closer to God, you need to push in, I think, yeah, but how do I do that practically? I'm obviously a practical person because I want to know how, not just what. (laughs) So last week, Pastor Jack spoke about living in a kingdom of hope and that we needed to anchor our hope. I want to tell you tonight that it takes courage to have hope. Even when everything around you is saying, give up, stop, it's too hard. Our culture around us is so unsettled. You only have to watch the news at night time or flick through your news feed on your phone or whatever. It's always talking about the most negative things. And it's like we're all waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Like, what's going to be worse than COVID? And I was trying to remember today that when COVID happened, there was something else that happened before that, and there was something else that happened before that. But we should be different. We need to live with a hope that anchors us, that keeps us strong and steady and faithful, regardless of the storms or whatever happens around us. To live in our In a kingdom of hope, we anchor ourselves in hope. We have to ask, how do I apply this practically to my life? So let me pray. Lord, I thank you that you've given me a word to speak and I ask that you would give me the right words to say. And Lord, I pray that you minister to each and every single one here tonight and that they will take away what you want them to hear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 21, it says, And his name will be the hope of all the world. Who's it talking about? It's talking about Jesus. He is the hope of all the world. You can try and hope in other things. You can hope in your bank account. You can hope in your car. You can hope in your job. You can hope in perhaps people around you, but ultimately at the end of the day, the only one who's not going to let you down and not disappoint you is Jesus. And that is where our hope needs to be. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, it says, We have this hope as an anchor for our lives. It is safe and sure. I don't know of anything else in this world that is safe and sure the way that this hope is. And it goes through the curtain of the heavenly temple into the inner sanctuary. On our behalf, Jesus has gone in there before us and has become a high priest forever in the priestly order of Melchizedek. Pastor Messer, who's Pastor Jack's pastor, had a prophetic word and Pastor Jack spoke about it last week. And what he said was, there is a dearth of hope in the world today. Now, dearth, it's an old word. It's an old English word that we don't really use very much anymore. But what it means is a lack or absence of something, a deficiency, an inadequacy, a famine, a drought, poverty or absence. I'm sure that you could agree with me that when we look around at our world... There is a dearth of hope. People have a lack of hope. Our suicide rates, mate, I had a quick look at them and it's not very uplifting. 
they're very, very high. And I thought, do I tell you what they are? And I thought, no, no, I want to talk about how we anchor our hope and not what our suicide rates are. <clears throat> so Stu and I just came back from a missions trip in Vietnam. And when we were there, uh, we'd finished what we were doing with the missions trip and there was this big, massive statue which we could see from where we were staying and people had said, oh, that's Lady Buddha. So apparently Buddha was married and this was his wife. <laughs> so <laughs> we thought, well, it's a massive statue. It's a bit, maybe it's an Australian thing, I don't know, but when there's something big, you've got to go see it. You've got to say, I saw it. <laughs> so we did. We went and saw Lady Buddha. Now, underneath that statue of her is a temple that people were going in and lighting incense and the gardens around there were beautiful and really manicured and amazing bonsai. But can I tell you, there were also people there on their knees worshipping and I felt sad for them that they're worshipping a statue. What's the statue going to do for them? What type of hope is that statue going to bring them? in their life. You know, people lose hope when they put their hope in flawed things that will let them down. Lady Buddha is not going to help them in their day-to-day life. And I'm not here to pass judgment on them, but I know that there was such a spiritual heaviness in that place when we got out of the car. It was like, oh, it it was a bit of a yucky feeling. But that's because there wasn't hope there in that place. In Psalm 43, verse 5, it says, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Anyone been there? I have. It says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Saviour and my God. Sometimes we need to speak to ourselves and remind ourselves, come on. Put your hope in God, not in the situation or the circumstances. So how do we anchor ourselves in the hope that Jesus gives us? You know, hope is an active word. It's actually a doing word. It's something that requires action from you. It's not a passive thing. So Jesus needs to be our hope. He needs to be our only plan. Not plan A within plan B, C, D and contingencies all in place just in case. I want to tell you tonight that Jesus will not let you down. Never, ever will he let you down. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes we need to acknowledge that we need his help to live our life. It's actually not about us being in control. And if we think we're in control, um, it's actually an illusion. (laughs) We aren't. We actually need to acknowledge that we need Jesus' help in our lives. We need to let Jesus transform us by renewing our minds you know, we have lots of information at our fingertips these days. You, we've, you know, if I ever have a question, oh, I'm just going to Google that. You know, when I was growing up, you'd need to go to uh, the encyclopedia, the, the paper books that would all be lined up on the bookshelf, where now we've all got an encyclopedia right here at our fingertips. 
But have you ever noticed that the more that you read about something, it doesn't always bring peace? Because more information doesn't build your hope, your joy or your peace. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Where are you putting your hope tonight? I hope that you're putting it on that solid foundation of rock that is Jesus and not on a situation or a circumstance that you're putting your hope on which potentially could lead to a foundation of sand which is not solid. So we need to recognise that there are some things that squash our hope as well. Sometimes we can carry the weight of burdens whether they're burdens we carry for other people, whether they're burdens of our own life. I want to let you know tonight that God did not design us to carry emotional weight on our own, but with him. I want to encourage you that when things begin to feel heavy, it's time to spend a bit of time with Jesus and hand it over to him. I know that for myself, that when I begin to feel the emotional weight of of something begin to rest on me. It's like I've stepped over into trying to carry that burden by myself. And it's time then that I have to go to Jesus. I picture him standing in front of me and I say, Jesus, I just want to hand this burden to you now. And then I ask him, what are you going to do with it, Jesus? He usually shows me a picture. Sometimes you show me funny stuff. Sometimes he's screwed it up and chucked it in a ball over his shoulder. Other times, if it's people, he's shown me that he's embraced them and he's walked alongside them. And like he said to me, it's all right, I've got this. You don't need to carry this. And so I want to encourage you tonight that if you're carrying a weight of a burden, hand it over to Jesus. Matthew 11, chapter 28, verse 30 says, Are you tired? Worn out, burned out on religion. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus wants us to live freely and lightly. But the key is that you need to go to him every day, anchor your hope in him, and you'll learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Something else that squashes our hope is the enemy, the devil. He has a plan, has a plan for your life. He wants to try and take you out, and he plans to squash your hope. Because, you know, if he can take your hope then he doesn't need to do anything else. He's already achieved all he needs because when we have no hope, we quite often will just stop. We won't continue to advance the kingdom of God. We'll just stop where we are. 
In 1 Peter, which is not going to come up on the screen, 1 Peter 5, 8, it says that he prowls around looking for who he can devour. So let's not give the devil what he wants. We need to begin to stand against his plans. Another thing that squashes our hope is lies. Who here has ever believed a lie? I know I have. I know that as I spend more time with Jesus, quite often he'll say to me, you know, you believed a lie there. And I'm like, what? No way. It's like, yes, I did. I believed a lie. And it's only as I let Jesus speak the truth to me that then I began to be set free. The problem is, is that when we believe lies, we live out of that filter. It's like we've got um, tinted glasses on or whatever. Not like these glasses, actually, as a side note, I wasn't going to preach with glasses on, but apparently I was squinting without them, so (laughs) I've got them on, all right? (laughs) Another thing that will squash our hope is circumstances. Who knows, life is not perfect. We all live a real life and so stuff goes wrong. Even bad stuff happens to good people. Things like divorce or death or trauma are all things that can squash our hope. Another one that I've seen again and again and I've had to deal with it in my own life is disappointment. Who has never been disappointed? I'd love to know if you've never been disappointed because it's something we all have to deal with. The definition of disappointment is sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfilment of one's hopes or expectations. So I have seen people taken out by disappointment and, and never recover. So those are some of the things that squash our hope. But what are the things that help us to anchor our hope? One of those is praise and thanksgiving. I believe that for some of you here tonight, that when everything is going wrong, you need to praise your way out of that situation. You need to get in your room or wherever you can, turn on praise and worship music and begin to thank God and begin to praise him regardless of the circumstances. Begin to thank him that he's going to come through. You know, in my, in my life, there was a situation where there were lots of things going wrong, one thing after the other. It's like I had a real choice. It was like, am I going to just curl up in a ball right now and just cry, which is what I wanted to do, or am I going to praise God regardless of the situation? And I want to encourage you tonight that if you're in that situation, praise him regardless of what's happening. The next thing that we need to do to anchor our hope is to remember. We need to remember who we are, who we belong to, and who God is. Because who knows, sometimes we forget and we need a good reminder. So, well, I know I do. I can be quite forgetful. And it's like sometimes God will say to me, no, no, remember who I am. Remember that God is faithful, that he never lies, that he will be with you forever. The other thing that we need to remember is that we are loved by God. We belong to God. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not ruled by fear that God will never leave me or reject me. I want to encourage you to Google who I am in Christ. It'll give you a really good list of some good Bible verses that you can print out 
and begin to claim over yourself. Another thing that helps to anchor our hope is the truth. That just as I spoke before about the lies that we believe, we then need to speak the truth over ourselves. But not our truth. We need to ask God what his truth is. And then we need to speak it out. You know, sometimes I get up and I say, God, what is your truth for me today? So that I can live that out for that day and claim that and speak that over my life. Remember that when you ask God a question, stop, wait, listen for the answer. In John chapter 8, verse 32, it says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I've seen that happen again and again when we speak the truth over ourselves. Another thing that helps to anchor our hope is warfare. So the battlefield is your mind. The enemy has a plan, and he'll try and take you out by putting thoughts into your mind. But I want to encourage you, remember that our weapons are not physical, We have an enemy, but don't let him take you out. There is a battle to fight. Put on the armour of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about putting on the armour of God. And it says, having done all else, to stand. And I want to see each one of us still standing when we put on the armour of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6, it says, The world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. I love that passage of scripture. I love how the message says it. Another thing that we need is a go-to list that we've prepared ahead of time so that when things are really bad, when we feel like our hope's wavering, We've got that list. We can pull it out, whether it's on your phone, whether it's printed out, whatever it is, you write a go-to list before it gets bad. And then you speak it out loud. It helps us to renew our minds and change the way we think. You know, the way you think affects how you feel and how you feel affects how you act. So it's really important that we watch what's going on between our two ears. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. God's word can't be any clearer. It says, do not worry. Worry gives you ulcers, gives you grey hair, 
gives you wrinkles, does lots of unhealthy things. It doesn't actually fix or change any circumstance. Do not worry about anything. So I want to ask you all to stand with me tonight because I want to pray. I want to pray for all of us tonight because just as I've been speaking to you about this stuff, it's like I'm reminding myself as well because I live in a real world as well and I need to remember these things. I want to pray for those who need to refocus their hope. I want to pray if you're carrying a burden tonight that you would hand that to Jesus. Let him carry it for you. I want to pray that if you believe lies, that Jesus would speak the truth to you tonight. I want us to fix our thoughts and anchor our hope in God, not things or people or circumstances. So Lord, I ask tonight that you would help us to refocus our hope. Lord, for those of us that are carrying burdens, that you'd help us to hand them to you, Lord Jesus. I ask, Father, that you would show us as we hand those burdens to you what you're going to do with them. Lord, I pray that where we've believed lies, that you would expose those and speak your truth to us tonight, Father. Lord, we desire to live in freedom. So, Lord, I pray that you speak your truth to each one of us here tonight. And, Lord, I pray that you help us not to worry, to fix our thoughts, to anchor our hope in you, Lord God, not in things or people or circumstances, but in you, Lord. Father, remind us to anchor our hope in you. Holy Spirit, minister to each one of us here now, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray.